All right, it is November 30th, and we have a Cleveland Moto podcast today. Yeet. To my left is... Dustin. To his left. Johnny Chrome. To his left. Luke. To his left. <laughs> Steve Hoffert. And to his left. Sleepy Cinch. And your humble narrator, Phil Waters. Boy, when and, it's November, uh, it takes a heck of a lot less time to introduce ourselves. It does, right? You're like, yeah, what did you ride today? Oh, <laughs> uh, fuck all. Yeah, uh, I did ride today. <laughs> you, yeah, you rode today. Of course, Steve rode in shorts. Yeah. <clears throat> I tried to ride the other day, got the bike out of the shop, and... Couldn't get couldn't get traction to leave the, sh- the parking lot. So he had too much ice in the parking lot, couldn't leave the parking lot. That's so. the thing. It's not the cold. It's the black ice, and it's the death salt. Yeah. Like, whatever the concoction that they spread on the road, it'll eat a wheel in two weeks. It's very, very <coughs> tough. The, we're using both rock salt and brine in Cleveland. So brine, you know, whatever the rock salt doesn't get, the brine does. Mm. And the brine gets up under the chassis of your vehicle and goes into all the nooks and crannies that the rock salt doesn't normally go into. Then around Thanksgiving, people are rolling their turkeys in the street. Rolling turkeys in the street. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Taking advantage of that shit. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. The worst thing is the the rear brake shaft. If you have a drum brake, the shaft that goes through in there, it seems like one drop of brine will seize that thing up. You push your brake down, and it's like... (laughs) (laughs) Self-energizing. you got to power rear brake. (laughs) <laughs> Drill that housing and put a Zerk fitting in there yeah, before, right. beforehand. <laughs> take the shaft out and put a spiral cut on it Just with a, a little cut with a wheel. Yeah, and then it's when it does it, you can skid out your little, uh, you know, pocket uh, grease gun and hit it. Yeah. Then you truly have an anti-lock brake in the rear where the grease when the grease finds its way. <laughs> or you can make a make a uh, brake pedal like that, like stock cars have. Oh yeah, so you like can pull dirt, it back like dirt up. cars have. Mm. On the gas, you can tow it up. Yeah, yeah, you can tow it up. The uh, yeah, I got uh, my latest project. Heel toe break. Heel toe. Yeah. <laughs> I've got the uh, KLR we talked about a few podcasts ago that I picked up super cheap with only eleven hundred miles on it. So we were discussing. I had ordered up a bunch of Moose uh, front crash guards because the uh, the gas tank not not enough to leave the design alone for the Generation 2 on the KLR, they put these really funky wind scoops on the on the front of the gas tank. And they're made of a very non-traditional type of plastic, like Japanese motorcycles and dirt bikes in particular. The plastic's usually very soft. It, it can take a hit. Yeah. And this shit is brittle like Chinese scooter plastic. Mm-hmm. And uh, everybody who owns a KLR, a, a Gen 2 KLR, all says the same thing, yeah. You tip the bike over one time and that shit shatters. Apparently, there's an aftermarket company that makes aftermarket side panels that are made out of dirt bike plastic. Good, yeah, but they're not bad. cheap. But well, you got to break this shit, yeah, before you buy yeah, that shit, right? Right. right? Yeah. And so I decided to beat everybody to the game and order up some crash bars for the front of the motorcycle because I fully expect it's going to be on its side at some point. It's a KLR. And after I ordered them and had them on the way in, Mecklefresh says, "Oh, hold on, I got a set from a friend of mine." that were used at the motorcycle show from a company used to work for. We have all this data. We're not releasing it to the internet because we don't want anybody to get in trouble. But uh, he's like, but it just did the show circuit, and then it kind of got relegated to my dust pile. So John's had it, but John doesn't have a Generation 2 KLR. He's got a Generation 1 KLR, so it doesn't help him so much. Uh, turns out the backs of the motorcycles are pretty much the same. The fronts of the motorcycles are a little bit different. Well... It turns out, though, this stuff is all from a company called SW Motec. <coughs> SW Motec's out of Germany, and they do make really, really good stuff. The problem is all this shit is prototype. So this stuff's all like first-run Gen 1, Box 1, Day 1. 
Nothing fucking fits. fits none. Fits none exactly. <laughs> the the definition of any British device ever: some fitment required, <laughs> and some fitment has been me with a grinder. And to say tools needed: grinder, yeah, grinder, hammer, hammer yeah. torches, torches. Yes. extra long bending <laughs> things. Yeah, yeah. yeah forklift. Uh, really, I've been back to the workshop so many times. I have, I have applied heat to very many portions. I burned off a lot of perfectly good powder coating. And just to identify all the things that changed between the first version of this stuff. And calories. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I've alleviated the bike from a lot of weight. Uh, the first thing was I took off the stock exhaust system, which is sitting right there. And the stock exhaust system is a straight up uh, over 12 pounds. And the uh, Jardine... Super Trap, insert name, you know, they're all the same company now. So, you know, people don't want to argue about, like, well, it's Jardine, so much better yeah, than Super that's Trap. that's White Brothers. It's the same goddamn stuff. It, it all comes out of the same box in Cleveland, I assure you. Uh, it's just down the street. They make the pipes. And, uh, again, in irony, I had to order my part that's made in Cleveland from Wisconsin. Gotta <laughs> 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 so love that. Walked right down to the factory here on the west side, picked it up myself, but no. Mm. Uh, and the funny part about all these stock pipes... Even on my Super T, that, that pipe that I took off was 26 pounds. Yeah, this pipe is like, super what, heavy. What can possibly be inside there yeah. that costs... 26 it? pounds is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. The catalyst is probably... Is, is your, is your, is your, oh, there's a catalyst. Yeah, there's catalyst. Yeah. There's, there's probably, it's it. probably extra thick wall because mm-hmm. the wall thickness helps to deaden decibels. you got to meet, you know... Yeah, whatever the, yeah. It's yeah. so ridiculous, though. Everybody knows you. Everybody's taking them off. This thing is just obscene. I mean, I'm, I'm holding up the KLR factory exhaust, and it is astronomically heavy. Mm. So it feels like it might be solid. <laughs> it looks like a, like a cricket paddle. It does, yeah. And I'll just pass it around just so people can appreciate oh God, how heavy this fucking thing is. Dude, that's got to be 15 at minimum. Yeah, it's, it's around 15 pounds. And then the, Except for the uh, one end, the rest of it looks like it should be on a diesel uh, truck. Uh, yes, I'm used to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a very heavy thing. And considering that was mounted very high on the motorcycle, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's <laughs> up in the air, right? Yeah, John's like, get this fucking thing away from me. Stock pipes, god damn it. Covered yeah. in radioactive yeah. dust. Yeah, it makes a really <laughs> from the makes a really satisfying sound when it hits the concrete. I think you broke the floor. Yeah, I think I did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's a really ugly pipe. And so the replacement pipe was four pounds one ounce. Oh shit. So that's really nice. You know, you're like, aha, uh-huh. so I replaced that with twenty six pounds of crash bars. Yeah. So yeah, so we're <laughs> we're net zero at this point on our weight scale. But lower. Yeah. yeah. The, weight's the weight's lower, lower exactly. You probably and have another burrito or two without mm-hmm. worrying about it. So that... I put the heated grips on today. I put on the so the the KLR comes with plastic handguards that are gonna do nothing for you if you hit a tree. Mm. So I ordered in some bark busters. And uh, those were also universal fit, which meant I had to cut them and drill them. And uh, I, I was going to machine up the ends where I cut the where I put new holes in for them to mount up the handlebars, because these companies who sell bark busters assume that your handlebars don't have anything on them, like oh I don't know high beam low beam switch or you know start button crossbar crossbar yeah. right. So they put them out there, and like the idea is instead of having just a hole, they should have a slot that's about three inches long. So that you could move the b- mounting bracket left and right, six inches total, to compensate for every different motorcycle in the world's decision of how many buttons need to be on the handlebars. Well, did you take off the bar ends, though? Yes. So I bet you if the bar ends were still on there, and you got the longer bolt, they didn't give you a longer bolt to go through the bar ends? 
Uh, no, they didn't, because the Kawasaki KLR, just so you know, um, has a bar end that weighs slightly less than that exhaust you were just fine. <laughs> and um, that, yeah. it keeps it from shaking. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, the bar ends on a KLR 650 are about nine ounces a piece, and they're made of solid mercury. And uh, yeah. Well, that's what gives it some stability. But I think I think if you would have put these back on, even if you want them or not, that would right. have made the universal bar- things fit. But again, then I wouldn't be able to fit the motorcycle through the doors of my shop. That's true. So there is, is this point. It's every bit as big as this once for Vespas with the windshield. Exactly. And there is this point where we it's keep making heavy. bikes wider, and these manufacturers right. are saying, oh, well, we're, we have an oscillation problem at 75 miles an hour. Let's counter it by putting 46 pounds of weight on the end of our handlebars. And that's really not how you solve an oscillation problem. Engineers, uh, I'll tell you this, they don't listen to the people in the real world. Right. And just like them putting the slot in, how simple would that be? Right. When they're already drilling a hole, they could just put it on a a milling machine and just put that slot in. You know, I deal with that every day. Drill three coals and it would look cool like lightning holes. It'd look cool. It'd look extra cool. But... Yeah, I don't. I don't see but, the. But they think since you aren't, you don't have uh, P after your name, right. that you cannot know how to do something correctly. And I was able to straighten. I took the bars off. I applied a, a certain amount of you know torsional load to them to get them to bend to my my wheel, my yield to my will. And I got them to be shaped the way I wanted them to be shaped, so the clutch levers would clear, so we didn't have to cut the balls off the clutch lever or something. We see a lot of shit our customers bring in here. Hey, I got to neuter the clutch. And yeah, lever. exactly. Yeah. And it was like, oh well, look, I wanted these, uh, I wanted these bar ends, or I wanted these bar end mirrors, or I wanted this. So I just cut two inches off the clutch lever. You know, I just cut two inches off the brake lever. Or they'll set them up where to you got to reach down for them. Yes, reach down for. Yeah, the, what was? Reach down. The clutch lever is always good. I think yeah. it was a DRZ that came in. Something came mm-hmm. in and bark bust something. Yeah, they they neutered the clutch lever. Right. And they, st- and they didn't, but they didn't down. do anything the other side. Yeah, it's like it if you pulled it up far enough. Yeah, I mean, I could see, especially in a crash situation, if the if the right. uh, brake master gets twisted a little bit, exactly. the end of it's going to lock. I'm looking. You know at what everything. I mean? It's gonna, I think that was my bike. It, no, it wasn't <laughs> yours. I think it was, it was a, that one with the lighting issue. It was one with the light, electrical problem. Gremlins. I look at everything as I pretend like I'm about to hit a tree. <clears> so I I envision. The tree hit, reaching out and hitting the motorcycle, or the motorcycle reaching out and hitting the tree. If the bark buster is down at a forty-five degree angle, the bark buster is just going to fold down and rip my fucking fingers off. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> so I got to keep the bark buster in a line that's sort of parallel to my direction of travel. Mm-hmm. And if you set everything up and you take your time and you use the right hardware and take everything that comes in the kit and throw it away and get your grade eight stuff, your real grade eight stuff, and use your blue Loctite <laughs> or your green Loctite. And put it all together, it fits real good. Right now, I don't doubt that I could walk up to that bike, latch a cable line onto any part of that bike, and lift it straight up in the air. Mm-hmm. Like nothing, <clears throat> nothing on there that I installed is going to fall off or break off or rattle off. So it's cool. It's it's getting there, and it's close. I'll be able to wrap it up probably tomorrow. I'll be able to finish the finish it and be able to get some ride. We're going to have fifty degrees on Sunday mm-hmm. and some rain to wash the salt away on Saturday. So. I'm hoping that we'll be able to go out and have some get some miles on it because it's always nice to get a couple of hundred miles on a bike and then retighten everything. Mm. It just it feels good to get a, a few hundred miles of abusive riding on and then find out where the bad stuff is. I did all the jets. Uh, I did the full moose stage two kit for the carburetor, <clears throat> so that's cool. 
which on that one has you drill your drill holes in the air box and your choice of someday it will be a submarine or someday it won't be a submarine locations. <laughs> so the one method is to basically take the air box door off, which is on the right-hand side of the air box. Yeah. No, nah, not me. Uh-uh. Mm. The other method is to just drill holes into the top. And I've done that on my, all my other KLRs, the L-Mod, which is where you drill a series of one-and-a-half-inch holes in the whole top of the air box. Mm-hmm. So the water has to at least be air box high to get into the air box. So short of installing a snorkel, you can't get the air to come into the motor any higher. It gives you a few more horsepower. It, it, lets a, it lets a hell of a lot more air into the bike. It was a then, and you got the pipe. Did you do the full or just a slip-on? <clears throat> no, it's a slip-on. Okay. Yeah, it's a slip-on. I that's didn't still, think but that... That's so restrictive. That's got to give you yeah. at least one or two. I didn't think that it necessitated having a full system when really the the header pipe's not the biggest sin in the motorcycle. Uh, I'll, I will eventually do the doohickey mod just because mm-hmm. it's 50 bucks. But I'm just not going to do it right now. <sighs> You know, and because every some bitch that comes through the door yeah. is going to ask you if it's got the do it, I know. Do it. God, yeah, I'm just going to hold not, off on you're that. You're not selling bit. it. It's your bike. I'm going to keep it. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. hang on to it. Yeah. Uh, well, well, hang on to it. In my world, means I'm going to keep it for at least seven months. Right, right. Yeah. It means you're going to keep it until somebody else comes along that's wants it. Hey, did anybody notice it's more valuable than you do? <laughs> did, did anybody notice what's not in the showroom with us today? Well, I, I already know. Chris Smith. No. Oh well, I mean, no. It's <laughs> look, it's, look, look. It's a mechanical device. This is pretty impressive. This is very it's impressive. It's no longer here. Oh no, 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 no not that. It's not it's related that. to oh. that though. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it had it had markings on it related to that. It's not here. Really? Go ahead, Luke. The verses. No, nope. no, no. That one of the verses is at home in my garage because I've been riding it. But there is a motorcycle that has been in this showroom Darling. for at least four months. Nope. No. The Harley has What's that? The PC800. You're right, it's the PC800. The PC800 has been moved to the sold category, and uh, they put some tires on it, cleaned the carbs, got it ready, and it is in the tunnel uh, on standby awaiting the arrival of its new owner from Virginia. In the tunnel of love. In the tunnel of love. Are they going to ride at home? He's talking weird, so... He's talking of course, weird. He, well, he's, yeah. he's a PC-800 owner. Of course yeah. he's talking weird. Of course weird. he's talking From Virginia. <laughs> but at least this guy did say, you know, he paid us the money to put brand new tires on it, so we put brand new Dunlops on it, and, uh, you know, just kind of shook the whole bike out, made sure everything's tip-top, it fired right up. Well, it looked like and it was in good shape. It's, it's a, good, a good bike. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a real good yeah. bike. The voltage regulator on that 89 will hold together, maybe halfway toned. yeah. <laughs> Well, it's given me five thousand miles <laughs> yeah. reliable service. So, and I did do the that has the stator mod on it. Yeah. So I already did the stator. Yeah, so it'll be okay. Yeah, it'll be fine. But it's I was just happy to sell it. You did, know, just happy you, to have. Do you leave the stickers and all that? No, he want he, we we took the stickers off. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. He didn't want the empire. Okay. He didn't want it to look like a biker scouts supervisor vehicle. Supervisor vehicle. TK four eighty one. Where's your paperwork? Right. <laughs> That's. <laughs> Uh, I didn't get a chance to write it up yet. Too many fucking Ewoks. <laughs> Been all over the fucking place. Give me a couple of minutes or I'll get my paperwork in. So how many of you guys have one left now? What's that? How many? Cause it, well, did early... you sell yours, John? Yeah. Yours is gone. Yeah, mine is and he's got in my nephew's name now. It's yeah, it's his. The PC800 era is over. I, could ke- I would keep the bike, mm-hmm. and I would keep the bike forever if it had a carburetor. Mm-hmm. And so that KLR650, that's what I meant. That KLR650 is going to get a fuel injector. Yeah. So, I've already ordered the kit. 
So yeah, that KLR 650 is going to have a fuel injector. Mm -hmm. So to keep in line with your rule, my rule, it will have a fuel injector. I I think your rule is a good rule too. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I know I'm going to fuel inject my DRZ. Mm -hmm. I know it's the furthest thing away from that style of bike. Yeah, but I've been having dreams of a tiny little turbocharger. Oh, for a certain 750 Honda that I own. Right. And doing like a single throttle body. One throttle body. You know, uh, Dustin, what like carburetor is on your something? DRZ? The stock. No, no. Is it a is it a CVK? It's like CV. a forty. Yeah. yeah. Because that's what a KLR uses. Oh, really? His it literally uses the the key in forty. Sports car. It's a sports car. <laughs> yeah. And so I was going to say, if the technology exists to put fuel injection on a KLR six fifty, it seems that. If you're using the same, at least the same CFM carburetor, right? It seems like that wouldn't be too much of a stretch. Probably not. To, I, I yeah. vaguely looked. They're into both single it. cylinders. Yeah. Right. I mean, you can yeah. throw an O2 sensor on it somewhere. Yeah. You know, a little, little, little bit of cutting. Line. I ordered the kit for the KLR, so we'll keep it. Keep everybody updated <laughs> as far as what that involves making a KLR fuel injected. So I'm, I'm excited about it. It's a worthy project. Uh, so yeah. Uh, in other news. Uh, Apparently, it got cold in Cleveland and got cold in hell, too, because hell hath froze over. The genuine 400C has arrived. Yeah. And after three or four years of waiting, we finally have in our showroom not one but two genuine 400Cs, G400C. Uh, This is a bike we talked about a few podcasts ago. It is essentially a... A company, a Chinese company called Chongqing Shinerei. Chongqing, which is the name where it's from. Shinerei, which is kind of the sound-alike, which they're very famous for, you know. Piaggio became PGO. Uh, Right, yeah. And Super 8 because it's super great. Super 9 because it's super fine. Uh, Sound-alike means a lot in that, that Chinese market. So I best, the best way I can pronounce... And somebody can help me with this. The name of the company that is Chongqing Shinerei is actually Qingwan or Qinwan. <laughs> it doesn't sound unlike Qinwan, Shinerei, eh, whatever. But that's what they did. They English-sized it to be Shinerei. I've had some nice emails with uh, the person who they've elected to be in charge of talking to people in America. And uh, his name is Mike. And I don't think his name is Mike. His name is Michael Wang. I can't make that up. His name is Michael Wang. And uh, <laughs> so is every customer. Still, to wonder if that's person. a punishment for them. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, you are for 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 your disgrace, you're going to deal with the round eyes for a year. Mm-hmm. Yes, you have to answer all of our calls from America. You will deal with the round eyes, and we will call you Wang. Uh, <laughs> Probably called Wang already. You but are I think a, the Michael part was made. You up. are a Michael. Yes. <laughs> Roger, we already have two Rogers. You're a Michael. You don't know what they do with our wangs over there. <laughs> but you know what's funny? You can tell the TV influences too, because I got a customer service rep that was obviously not American. Yeah, and his name was Kramer. Kramer. Yeah, oh, <laughs> that's <laughs> great. <laughs> you can pick anything you want, and he went, yeah. "That guy's cool. Yeah. I'm going to be Kramer." Yeah, but on the other hand, we are making fun of them. But that motherfucker speaks the two hardest languages to speak in the world. Yep. He speaks Chinese, mm-hmm. and he speaks. English. Understandably. Right. Yeah. And that is no small Debatably. Thing. Right. Debatably. <laughs> yeah. So we, we are reaching out to them. 
And I have to say, I mean, I produced a, you know, Renee helped me. We threw together a YouTube video. So we put a YouTube video out, and uh, boy, the people at Genuine Scooter Company fell all over themselves thanking us for making this 13-minute video. And it's uh, and that's nice that they thanked us, mm-hmm. as opposed to being like, you know, technically, you were wrong on these three counts. Right. No, they didn't bust my balls about it. They didn't say, like, that's not the, the Genuine Scooter Company or the Genuine Motor Something Cycle Company line. They were cool. They were happy somebody took the time. And we did. We unboxed the bike and we uncrated the bike and we shot video as we did it mm-hmm. and i will tell you it is not an easy uncrating this is not these crates are fucking small it's dude definitely like days of old man yeah it is days of old Handle it really is days off, of old boat wheel off yeah, yeah. but at yeah. the end of the day don't you think that's going to get the bike to you the 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 the, the dealer in mm-hmm. one piece and not dented and fucked up that's a good it's a really good way to look at it the Clearly that they're clearly they're going to heroic lengths to make that crate as small as possible. Mm-hmm. They are you know disconnecting the rear suspension, dropping the bike out so the rubber's kissing the the inside of the fender. They're completely removing the entire front wheel and packing it side saddle, taking the handlebars off. But on the other, they're doing side, everything they can. But on the other side of that, doesn't it also make the shocks not compressed for however right. long it's exactly. going to be here? And yeah. there's I mean there's a lot of benefits yeah. to that too, I, right? Yeah. The only, the only negative I can think of right off the top of my head is the bikes that come in with wheel on and handlebars on. Yeah. The, the crate's bigger. There's more airspace inside. Yeah. A tow motor fork yeah. can go further into the box you without, got damaging without damaging what's in the box. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's... Yeah. What it was cool... It looked like it was they, a very stout crate, though, yes? The crate was... I watched the video. It felt like a shit brick house. Like, I mean, <laughs> nobody's getting into that crate accidentally. Uh, there were 32 M8 uh, cap screws that were holding the crate together. Hmm. Um, it's a real, like, it's a steel masterpiece of a crate. They were used in the assembly of the bike. <laughs> yeah, no, no. And it is funny because no. <laughs> Not like the Indian stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah that's, our, uh, that's our prize today for the uh, whoever's the most uh, participatory <laughs> podcast member. Can take home this. Uh, have my nut sack. Oh, wait, that's <laughs> you can have my bolt sack. <laughs> yeah. You can have my bolt sack. So yeah, these are what holds the crate together. And this is to give you an idea of how concerned they are. These bikes don't come in a plastic I'm sorry. These bikes don't come in a cardboard box held together by one plastic strap. These bikes come in with legit straight up hardware. Yeah. You know? Big ass freaking bolts holding this crate together. And uh, remarkably, few of them were cross-threaded. So go figure. The uh, Usually at least five or six of them are cross-threaded for a crate. But, yeah, the build-out was fun. The bike, if, uh, if you really have your shit together, I'll bet you you could build this bike in about two and a half hours. Huh. If you do it right, probably take you about two and a half hours. So it was, uh, it was good because you do get to know the bike intimately. You do get to handle all the private parts of the motorcycle. And it's good. I mean, it's, yeah, it's 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 well put together. And from the video, it looks like you threw gas in it. It started. Yeah, we put gas in it, and that's kind of the joke around here. Since 2006, with the arrival of the Buddy Scooter, with the Buddy Scooter, we knew, with a carbureted bike, mm-hmm. exactly how many seconds of cranking it took from the minute you put gasoline in the motor until it went and fired. Because the production 
was so consistent in Taiwan hmm. of the Buddy Scooter, the PGO, Ligero, or Boo Boo. 125. The production was so consistent that it was like 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, give it a squirt, 9, give it a squirt, squirt, and then broom, and then it goes. Yep. <laughs> and it's just like every fucking bike starts with the same number of seconds. Right. Wow, that's incredible. It's like every car running a Honda, if you let it sit for two weeks, <laughs> yeah, they exactly. all start yeah. with the same number of seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, the bike really, really went together well. The, I didn't have, you know, we're going to re- compare a lot of things to Royal Enfield because we know that. That's well, that's the dirt we chewed for how many years? Well, Look at I mean, those two bikes together, if you put a Royal Enfield and that bike next to each other, there's no, there's absolutely no comparison. That bike is so much better. I mean, the manufacturer is so much better. To many better. customers, it's not dissimilar. It's a, it's a single-cylinder motorcycle. It's an entry level. It's sub $5,000. It's... But the, the I mean, quality of build, the quality right. of the build on that bike, when I looked at that compared to the nasty welds on an Enfield. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's like, what do they use? Like, you know, like just coat hangers to weld things? It looks like they're brazing and with car batteries. batteries. Yeah. yeah, it does. And <laughs> it was also, every time we put a rear fender, anytime we put a rear fender on a Royal Enfield, you could see the guys at the factory that put it on the first time, it was pure poke and hope. Like, nobody, <laughs> there was no rear fender of any Royal Enfield C5 that the holes were lined up on either side. <laughs> so, like, sometimes the hole would be where the stamping suggested the hole should be, and other times the hole would be an inch left or right of that. And you'd get the bikes, and they'd roll into the shop, and the rear fender would be, like, crooked because the right hand of the fender was dropped an inch. And you'd take the thing apart to try and fix it, and you'd go, oh, well... No wonder the fenders dropped an inch. The hole's not where the hole's supposed to be. Jeez. Or where they went into the piece of metal to put the, the tap to make a receiver, which is not a, a nut, by the way. It's a threaded lug oh. in the frame. Well, they didn't put it in the right place. So they tapped it in the wrong spot. You know, So like there was a lot of stuff with Enfield that was like, oh, well, that's just part <clears throat> of it being an Indian bike. You know, Well, this thing... Every fucking bolt lined up with every hole perfectly. Everything, the front mudguard, which, you know, you put a front mudguard on an Enfield, that's like a two-day battle of getting it on. You have to take the wheel off to slide the fender in, and you got to reconstruct the little posts and the stays and stuff after the fact. This thing just dropped in. But how big, so with Enfield, yeah. how big are they compared to the company that makes Genuine stuff? Well, so this, so to clarify, Genuine uses... Right now, as best as we can tell, they use PGO out of Taiwan mm-hmm. for their scooters. Um, and it appears that they use this company, Chongqing Shine Ray, for mm-hmm. their motorcycles. Okay. Stella's no longer talked about, so we don't need to talk about India. Right. So uh, Chongqing Shine Ray is a very big company. You know, they're, uh, The data I found was something along the lines of uh, 145,000 units per year. Okay. So, you know, under 200,000, but still in that neighborhood. I also couldn't figure out, I think the data I was looking at might have just been branded out as Shine Ray. Okay. Because I don't think they counted. Remember, this bike has been available for the past several years in the European market as the MASH 400. Oh. Yeah. And so, so they also have the MASH Scrambler then, yes, too. Yes, they right? have a whole line of MASH bikes. Yeah. So okay. if you type in MASH, 
like 4077 MASH. The MASH, is, they're just like a different company, like Well, that's exactly... Like genuine. Yes, and yeah. that, that's right, Dustin. They're, they're exactly a distributor. Right. And that's why we're careful about using the word manufacturer and using the word distributor. Right. Because it can get very confusing. And genuine is a distributor. Um, right, but what's good about that is that you're not getting a first-month bike at this point. Exactly. Yeah. No, you're getting a bike that's been available in the European right. market for ages. Right. And so, so the they've had... been worked out, the little things that they needed to figure yes. out are done. Anything that would have been acceptable to the Chinese market but not acceptable to the European market right. has been addressed. And that's a big fucking deal. And for us in our house here at this podcast, we desperately needed something to fill the slot that was left vacant by Royal Enfield. Mm-hmm here in our store. And that's why this thing is so cool because it is not just the idea that you might put a sidecar on this. They make a fucking sidecar for it. A specific built by the manufacturer. This isn't like Royal Enfield using an Ender sidecar or Royal Enfield using a cozy sidecar that happens to work on the bike. This is Shine Ray building an actual fucking sidecar with the trunk and everything that's that's specifically built to go on this motorcycle. Mm -hmm. And we do, at our shop, have a certain clientele that likes the idea of having a sidecar on their motorcycle. Now, they may never go 70 miles an hour. They may never try to go 70 miles an hour Mm -hmm. with that sidecar on. But they want a sidecar. I'm not willing to be a Ural dealer because I don't think we have the market for people spending $13,000 to get a sidecar. But if somebody's going to spend right now what is 4599 hmm. for the bike and then add 3 grand for a sidecar. Yeah. Wow. So then you're hmm. in business. You know, you're at that sidecar point for less than 9. Wow. That's a pretty impressive situation. And that's a bike engineered for a sidecar. It is, and that's, you know, Whoa. is the bike engineered for the sidecar? I don't think it is engineered for the sidecar, but I think the sidecar they've chosen to build for it does as little <clears throat> damage as possible. It, no, if it were engineered for a sidecar, it have Earl's forks on yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But at <laughs> that point, what I was saying is it's not just like an aftermarket for Harley. You just slap one out. Right. right? <clears throat> yeah, Shine Ray is going to build their sidecar to fit this bike. Right. You're exactly right. This is going to be that same concept of, with the, with the Royal Enfield stuff, what we were doing is we were buying an Ender that had a bracketry system that said, well, it's probably going to end up on an Enfield, but it's a universal mounting system. And universal around here, we've learned, means fits nothing, right? And <laughs> Universally does not fit anything. Exactly. And in the Enfield family, we could buy a sidecar rig, and the sidecar rig had a 19-inch wheel. The C5 had an 18-inch wheel. None of the brackets lined up, lined up right at all. And remember that this was Inder or Cozy Sidecar Company trying to go, are we going to put this on a B5, a C5, or a G5? And all three of those bikes have different frames. So everything had to be so sloppy to work. And this, on the other hand, is clearly their sidecar rig. I've looked at every picture you can find for the damn thing. Um, Their sidecar rig is specifically built for their bike, Mm -hmm. which is kick-ass. And it's affordable. So the downside is to all this, the elephant in the room is it's from China. Like, And you guys know, if you listen to this podcast, you know, if it comes from China, it's not a woman, don't ride it. you know, I put that on the back of a T-shirt a few years ago, well, many years ago. But I've had to be—I've had to soften my stance as we've had more and more things show up that are better. Well, there's been time for them to figure out the metallurgy. 
maybe and, yeah you know a little yeah. bit whatever. or maybe figuring out the quality matters well that's the thing though so but okay so the bike's china but the distributor is not it's taiwanese right no it is there's no taiwan in this pie oh at all no hmm. at all okay. genuine scooter companies u.s mashes out of france okay uh and they sell the bikes in europe and they sell the bikes in germany They've uh, they've established a pretty goddamn good reputation in the European market. I've been on all their forums. But you just nailed something. So okay, so genuine's yeah. from the U.S. They're the company's here, right? Yeah, Chicago. So it's just like any bicycle manufacturer yeah. does carbon bikes or anything. You got it. The same factory makes a thousand different carbon bikes. That's right. But if there's a dude not living in China watching the production line every mm-hmm. single day, right? That's why you have Pivot. That's a four thousand dollar bike, and then you have the whatever right. you know eBay brands, whatever. So the same company can make yeah. great shit or they can make shit shit. It depends on who's there. My unkillable iPhone, right. you know, iPhone 7, right. right, that I have dropped from everything on everything, this came from the same place that the Harbor Freight wrench that <laughs> broke earlier today came from. Right. Right? So it's just the example of like, yeah, if you want a, a wrench that comes free when you buy a flashlight, it's going to fail. Mm-hmm. And it's from China. And if you want a phone that's going to last you, you know, 250 million miles of service, clearly they can. China can produce both of these items. Yep. So, I've softened on mine. I've softened on my criticism of China because yeah. their manufacturing is greatly improved over what it what it clearly. was even. It's every year it improves exponentially. I think. So. I think we're going to have to accept the fact that there's really, really awful Chinese product and there's really, really good mm-hmm. Chinese product. And it come from the same manufacturing plant, <clears throat> right? From the same factory, which yeah. is what pisses me off. Yeah. It so it's like it depends on how you order it. So and it's who's like, there? And yeah. Who's it's like if you there? went to McDonald's and said, "I would like the two ninety nine value meal, mm-hmm. or I'd like the nine ninety nine value meal." Right. Right. Well, what's the difference? Well, the nine ninety nine value meal has less human hair in it. <laughs> and a QC guy standing right. there making sure we don't fuck it up. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm okay with that. So in that case, maybe I would go for the 9.99 value meal, right? It's only 50 percent soybeans in the 2.99. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm hoping. So it has less human flesh in it. Hair is disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> Much less likely likely to finding a long fingernail. It doesn't win you when you bite into it. it. Right. Yeah. It's true. And so I guess looking at this, I want the bike to I want the bike to be good. And also, for people who aren't really familiar with our podcast, this isn't just, we want the bike to be good because we're going to sell them and make money. No, because we have dropped many lines. You know, we dropped Cleveland Cycle Works. They were a Chinese product, and they didn't live up to our standards. We dropped Royal Enfield, an Indian product, and they didn't live up to our standards. Um, We could not continue to sell those products and stand behind them based on the failure rate that we had with them. So we do try to fucking walk the walk the walk. I said the other day, and I'll say it again: we're cautiously optimistic based on what I've seen so far. I'm cautiously optimistic. I want it to be good only because I want there to be a forty-five hundred dollar bike that works and is a four hundred cc, twenty-eight horsepower bike that'll go ninety miles an hour, mm-hmm. and that I can jump on and go ride, or I can sell to somebody as a first motorcycle. And it looks good. It does look good. It's a very handsome motorcycle. Well, no, they nailed it. Like they did not. Yeah. They didn't make it like okay. It's it, like that looks okay. Right. Like they did not fuck it up in any no, way. No, I think the best thing they probably did was they left as much Honda CB CB four hundred SS on the bike yeah. as they could leave on it because you know the motor itself. You know we haven't really discussed the motor in great detail, but now that we've seen, we're seeing the production unit now. This is it. 
we have the production unit. Previously, we'd only seen the prototypes or the Asian market unit that was here. You know, there is an EVAP canister on this bike. There's a lot of stuff that, you know, the cat burglar might grab in the middle of the night. There's a lot of stuff <laughs> a canisterectomy wouldn't hurt. But realistically, the motor, aside from the radial valve that's in my GB500, the motor's a dead ringer. Mm-hmm. So for that whole, you know, the Asian market, and that's what I wonder, if we looked up a, if we looked up a Japanese market GB400, is it a radial valve motor or is it a traditional valve motor? <clears throat> because that's the difference. Like right now, when I look at the two motors, a 1989 GB500 that's sitting here in the shop with us that is legendary and this genuine 400C, it's the same fucking motor mm-hmm. as their Asian market motor, which is a 400cc. That is to also say, if you like the, F- the FT500 Ascot, it's the same motor. You know, if you like any of the Honda dirt bike, the four-stroke, you know, if you look at any Honda motor and it's a single cylinder and it has two headers coming out of it, and it's a single cylinder, congratulations, you've just found the genetic base of this motor. Right. So, I uh, I really hope that it's going to be great. The what, the reason I hope it's going to be great is because there's shit tons of those. Right. And there's tons of aftermarket parts for them and tuning parts and hop-up parts. I think finally they, they, they figured that out. Yeah. Like they figured out that, like, why are we trying to reinvent the wheel when yeah. we can take something that's proven and done all this stuff that all this stuff's available for and do it? I already ordered in a header. So, you know, one of our two bikes is going to get completely fucked with and for the, mm-hmm. for the motorcycle show and stuff like that. So this header I ordered is a header for a scrambler. So... Uh, this is this was defined as being for a Honda XR four hundred. Mm-hmm. So thus far, I've measured it up, and it is it is going to fit right on that motorcycle. And this will give us the ability to have a. I'm not going to call it a high pipe. I'm going to call it a mid pipe, a mid pipe scrambler. So I've already ordered up some TKC eighties, which are those giant monoblock Continental tires. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I've already ordered up some of those, and then I've got a whole litany, a whole shelf of Emgo mufflers that will fit on this. So we'll pick a nice one that looks good on the bike and hmm. uh, we'll have our obligatory two into one mid pipe. We'll have some knobby knobby tires. Um, I'll order a couple of fenders for it that are, you know, either aluminum or stainless steel or something that's not chrome. And we'll scramblify that thing yeah. so that when we could go to the motorcycle show, we'll have something that's a little sassy, you know, and we'll also drop 40 pounds of weight off the bike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we can get that, that magic, you know, this thing right now is three hundred and fifty some pounds wet. Hmm. So that's a good number. That's, that's that's not it's not real heavy. And the thing is, is that looking at the bike and like you know the yeah. limited time I've had with it, obviously you guys have a little bit more, but just eyeballing it, yeah. like the the uh, the side covers are metal. Yeah, the yeah that's kind of cool. Like it's like yeah. they didn't skip. No, there's a lot of metal. They, yeah, Their they chain didn't. guard is actually really nice. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of parts on the bike, and the chrome plating's not garbage either. Uh-uh. Um, Steve noticed today, you, you noticed uh, some waviness in the stampings on the front fender. Right, when you're looking straight down on it, it's not noticeable, but yeah. if the light catches it yeah. a little bit, uh, like at the side. In the chrome? You, in the yeah. chrome, on the side of the fender, it looks like when they stamped it, there might have been... So the first hit to make the fender into the shape of a fender 
probably was okay. But the second hit, when they put that strengthening ridge across the bottom, right, looks like they might have like, the way it. it was clamped. Like maybe it wasn't tight. Like when they stamp it, the, the press, like yeah. you said, the press potentially was worn. Maybe it's right. old tooling. Oh, from. I think it's probably old tooling. I have. I think I probably know where they got that tooling. You know, I mean, yeah. it's if the bike itself is in every shape. I mean, looks like a duck, sounds like a duck, smells like a duck. It looks like a CB four hundred SS, and that's not a bike that's sold here, but it is a bike that's sold in Europe and Asia. And everything, I got a feeling if we got out the the tail of the tape and we measured this fucker from stem to stern and earlobe to earlobe, it would be a, a CB four hundred S, CB four hundred SS. Well, it looks very. Yeah, it didn't offend me. No, it's yeah. not offensive at all. I yeah. mean, it's just, everything about it reminds you of a. Seventies uh, Honda. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's almost like a mate, uh, like a Eng- but it's got like that a little English to it. Yeah, the, it does. The pipes, it, the exhaust pipes. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. a, it's I like Honda, the, but it's a little English. So. It is refreshing that they just went exhausts, too low, straight, shut up. Yeah, and they have the, the poop shoots on the end of them. Yeah. Like they're nest, yeah. they're looks, pea shooters. Yeah, yeah they're pea perfect, shooter exhausts. Right? And but I what I like about them is they're stainless steel. Yep. And this is a motorcycle. They're symmetrical. Instead of like the exactly. weird, like triangular. Yeah, yeah. yeah the transformer yeah, bullshit that needs to stop. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not pointing up like rocket launcher pipes up no. in the sky. They look very traditional. I mean, it's it's a handsome motorcycle. It really is. And for a person who's looking for a lightweight, uh, this is a really good choice. I mean, the seat height. Renee was pushing this thing around, and you know, you know, she's she's a hundred pound person, yep. and she's trotting this thing around like it's no big deal. She's loving it, sitting on the bike, got her feet flat on the ground and everything, and it's pretty cool. There's uh, there's something to be said for that. I haven't seen anybody get on it, so I'm mm-hmm. 5'10", yeah. and not skinny, and I sat on it, it was comfortable. Yeah. You're 6-something, yeah. and it's comfortable. Renee yeah, sat on it, I'm sure. She said yeah. it was comfortable. Yeah. They kind of nailed yeah. it. Yeah, did you find a picture of the CB? Th- yeah. <laughs> that's the same bike. <laughs> you know, that's knee pucks. Yeah. So, yeah. If that's the CB400 SS? Yes. Yeah, the CB400 SS is a, just a dead ringer for this bike. Well, but the exhaust looks better on this bike. Yeah, it does. I exactly. kind of agree, but yeah, it is it is different. But they could have, here's the thing, they could have, like most Chinese bikes that get it almost right, yeah. fuck something up and yeah. you get mad at it, right? Mm-hmm. There's nothing on this bike that's fucked up. Like, I wonder how hard nice. the people at MASH had to work ah. to get... Wrangle them in. Yeah. Yeah. To get Shine Ray to be like... Oh, okay. We understand that. Yeah, yeah. You know, because that's the nice thing is when somebody else does all the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why you can get a woman who's been married before. <laughs> yeah, go go that direction. The uh, let somebody else do all the heavy lifting. Yeah, but they develop bad habits too. <laughs> <laughs> nice broken in woman. You meet her at the gun shop. It's a good yeah. sign. Yeah. The uh, she's picking up she's picking up twelve gauge shells. It's a pretty good sign. <laughs> Things are going to go pretty easy for her. Purse. So. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Two. Very good. This will work fine. So I've given people a chance to look at the owner's manual. So this has always been the tail of the tape around here. So no matter what the motorcycle is, and I mean we've been through a lot of them here. Um, including some of our fine Italian vehicles, the owner's manual is usually, it usually speaks volumes about the care of the company involved. And owner's manuals, owner's manuals can really tell you about how good or bad your experience is going to be. And I got to say, the owner's manual in this motorcycle is nothing short of fucking amazing. What's that? Find some picture some. of the rear tire. Looks like picture a damn truck tire. 
<laughs> oh, it's a blocky, blocky, knobby, I, blocky it's tread. A, yeah, yeah, that is a knobby, blocky it's tread. Eastern, and it's a it's split, an Eastern European block. That is tread. a I think that is a piece of stock photography because there is a square be. stock a square stock steel uh it can't be the same. uh swing arm on there. And a, and a very non standard looking uh rear uh disc brake caliper. <laughs> so that was a stock photo. But uh Steve pointed it out. So I will read you aside from the words on the front of the owner's manual, this is the first thing. And this tells you a lot. Please read the user's manual carefully before operating this vehicle. This manual contains a large amount of information of operation and cautions, which will help you to handle and control the motorcycle. For your safety, please pay significant attention to the cautions as follows. And then it gives you the typical what is a warning, what is a caution, what do those things mean. Warnings, that's a safety problem. Caution, that's a bike problem. Okay? But you notice in that first statement, it wasn't chinglish. Nope. It wasn't. It wasn't <laughs> awful, right? It wasn't awful, and that's saying something. What I like is they tell you how to do a valve adjustment. It's very concise in it's, the goddamn owner's manual. In, in English, yeah. in English, you can understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, most of the big bikes, anything that you get that costs a lot of money. Yeah. See your service dealer for information about the adjusting follow-up. your air pressure. Yeah. You better see your dealer. Chain maintenance. Yeah. See your dealer. And a handle. Recalled the owner's manual on the Africa Twin and sent me another owner's manual. And this, I think they've done it twice so far. I'm so sorry, I've gotten, what? I've gotten two new owner's manuals for the Honda Twin because they re, they've recalled it twice. Holy did they, did shit! You, did they recall your uh, uh, center stand? Did yes, you? they recalled the yeah, center stand right. too. You weren't wow. here. Or anything, but I, I got the message. I was like, I hope he knows. You have to take that in. That's, That's all it is. It's like a washer can break or yeah, something. Yeah. yeah, so. yeah. And I'm glad they're going to put it on because those springs are a bear to get at. So this owner's manual actually tells you the trick about which way the spring clip fits on the chain master link. Wow. Wow. That's impressive. That wow. really is. <laughs> so you might learn a thing if yeah. you read this owner's manual. Oh. As opposed to just like, you know, no user serviceable parts inside and use only Bell Ray oil. You know? Uh, yeah. I mean, this is kind of cool. I'm, I'm very impressed with... The owner's manual that tells you valve adjustment, that tells you timing adjustment. You know, it gives you all the stuff that I remember from being in old owner's manuals, Honda it's, owner's oh, it's, manuals. It's very reminiscent. Of, it's very uh, reminiscent. The old ones where they actually gave you like the all the information you needed without trying to sell their services to you uh, instead of having having you do it yourself. So compression, one hundred and sixty psi. That's it, yeah. I mean, that's like that, that tells you a compression check. It tells you how to do a compression check. Wow. In the goddamn manual. This is something assholes argue about on internet forums. <laughs> and it's in the manual. And it's right, by the way. No, they'll yeah. argue about that, though. It's what I'm saying. Right. Even if it's in the manual, they'll still argue about it's it. It's right. Yeah, give them credit for that. They say in the manual it's 160 PSI, but I've How about all the torque it. values? <laughs> when was the last time you saw an owner's manual that had all the torque values in it? I don't know, many. That's kind of cool. That's um, usually additional. I can tell you, my wife's Fiat didn't have torque manual, right. torque, torque values in its owner's manual. You have to buy the service manual. Right, that's service usually manual. Hundred bucks. Right. That's because they don't put bolts in Fiat. They're all shear pins. <laughs> <laughs> At fifty thousand miles, your Fiat will expire. See Tony. Buy another Fiat. See <laughs> Tony. See Tony. Tony. Consult Tony. <laughs> Fix it again. <laughs> uh, 
38 gravy in the engine. <laughs> but only Tony's mom would can put that in there. She makes it a sauce. Oh, it's there you go. It's in there. Yeah. You go there in the factory, it's a bunch of old ladies in black with babushkas on. Yeah. Making the oil. Making the oil. Just stirring it. Guys. In a big, Cleveland, big you, have to go, you have to go to Sokolowski's to get the Polish oil. <laughs> Polish oil. Oh, man. Yeah. Hey, ma, we need more oil. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. So what I wanted to talk. <laughs> so what I wanted to talk about tonight is. That's pretty good. <laughs> what do you mean more oil? <laughs> Sell them a gasket for the focaccia thing already. <laughs> it's got to be leaking somewhere. <laughs> it was just in here last week. What's with the oil? Yeah. <laughs> She's all of a sudden Jewish. That would be the perfect. That would be the perfect grandma. Oh man, <laughs> a Sicilian Jewish lady. <laughs> that would be the perfect grandma. That would be like that'd be the best Oma ever. Yeah. Are you hungry? Why don't you call? <laughs> Eat something and call. Eat something and call me more often. Yeah, Sicilian Jewish grandmother would be heaven. The uh, yeah, that is great. That, you don't ever need therapy ever again in your no. life. That is it. You got a Sicilian Jewish grandmother. Everything's taken care of. Yeah, it's couldn't we couldn't ask for a better existence. I had safest a, neighborhood too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> safest neighborhood ever. So who lives here? A bunch of Sicilian Jewish grandmothers. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about them. Leave your doors open. <laughs> They'll leave you, food. How can you tell it's a Sicilian Jewish grandmother's neighborhood? They're perpetually out watering the driveway. <laughs> I've never seen anybody use billions of gallons of water to wash their driveways. From their neighbor's tap. Yes, yeah, from their neighbor's tap. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. Oh, the certain ethnic motorcycle that stops on a dime, picks it up. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Oh, God. no. The, uh, oh, all right, all right. No. So, now that we've lost our certain ethnic listeners. Uh, so, anyway, I had, a, I had a talk with a customer the other day. No, a person <clears throat> who came into my store the other day about uh, about motorcycles and the right bike and I just realized <clears throat> that it's not the right bike it's not the perfect bike but it's the bike you've identified with and we, we hinted about this a little bit I will admit that I have ridden a number of Suzuki DR650s and I think that the DR650 is a superior motorcycle if one needs to spend time actually in the woods than a KLR? Yes. Mm. But I think that if one spends the vast majority of time back and forth to work, and then occasionally needs to go in the woods. And what I've discovered on my last attempting to go through um, the power lines by our houses, mm-hmm. on the Versus, is that the Versus cannot go on wet mud. At all. <laughs> it is totally useless. Oh, with those tires. My point. Yeah. Right. right. <clears throat> My point is, I I attempted that on my commute home from work. <laughs> I commute. I I attempt. I said, well, I'm going home from work, and I went, hmm. 
it's pretty dry in there. <laughs> and I'm just going to... I'll take whatever shows up. The High Life or there's something fruity in the bottom drawer. I'm in. Uh, but I just said, today seems like a day that I had a couple of minutes to kill. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to run into power lines. I'm going to run, run into the right away for the CEI power lines where you're not supposed to go because it's a homeland security violation. They'll kill you. So uh, didn't see any black helicopters. I figured I was safe. Went on the same exact route, the same exact trail that I use all the time on various different bikes. And the Versys tried to fall down twice because it wouldn't hold its line. And it and the trail was dirt with about a twelve percent moisture content. Hmm. So the Versys with the stock tires that are on it and are good shape, fine tires, it just wouldn't hold the line. I couldn't get it to stay in the direction I wanted to put it, and I wasn't willing to steer with a throttle to kind of let the bike just dance all over the place and be like a good rider. Like to be a good dirt rider. So it really it didn't it didn't that'll cure your sore throat. Uh, little yeah, little hair of the hair of the agave to bitcha. There's some chilled glasses in the freezer. Uh, if you want to be fancy. But that's why I think maybe that the KLR will work for me, because I don't have any I don't have any problem reservations riding the KLR on a muddy trail. No. Whereas I don't think realistically I just Is that don't a euphemism? Think, no, it's, it's the old dirt road. <laughs> but realistically, yeah. there's, 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 the old dirt road. Yeah. there's a thousand guys, the yeah. hardcore guys that came before you, yeah. that have taken the KLR and the DR yeah. and gone around the world. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, both of them. Yeah. They're very capable bikes, both of them. You're right. You're exactly. Yeah, you're absolutely. No, I got a, I got a whole Gerber tour. Um, but, yeah, that's that's right. And I, I kind of appreciate that the DR650 is better in so many ways, but I think I've joined Team KLR. <laughs> and I think I've committed, I think I've paid my dues now. I've, I've owned like six KLRs. A bunch of them. Right. Yeah. So I think it's fair to say that I have owned zero DRs. Right. Uh, well, I own a DR Z400, but um, that's for next year. But I mean, a KLR has more street elements to it. A DR mm-hmm. is like a dirt bike that's made for lazy people. Like yeah, it's like, yeah. It's, it's like a heavy dirt bike. It's a, it's a, yeah. it's a big heavy dirt yeah. bike. And, that's, and, and the thing that's kind of cool about both of them is they're both kind of underdog bikes. Yeah, they are. Like people ask, why did you buy that bike? Because I fucking can. Or I got a great deal on it. Or yeah. this. Or, or that. just because I like it. Yeah, because, you know, exactly. Pretty funny and, well, his reviews are always funny and he does do motorcycles every now and then or real car reviews. Real car reviews. <laughs> he, does, he does a good one on the DR650 regular car reviews, that... Yeah. Yeah, regular car reviews. Yeah. He does a good one on the DR650 that he personally owns. Oh, that he owns? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's it's a pretty good review. But he, he basically says that in stock form, it's useless off-road. It's useless off-road. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, I can wheelie a KLR if I have to. Right. I can, I've ridden the KLR a flight of stairs on a bet. <clears throat> I mean, it can do it. And it is remarkably okay to go to work on. Right. And, and that's what a lot of people need to realize is what do you actually do with your butt? You can have vast dreams of awesomeness, mm-hmm. but if you live where we live, yeah. you have to ride three hours on pavement yeah. to get to trails that are like <laughs> mediocrely dirt. Yeah. Unless like, okay, don't get me wrong. There are dirt bike trails around here that are yeah. dirt bike trails, right? 
But like, yeah. if you go to like the Allegheny National Forest, right? That's a two and a half hour ride to oh, get there. Oh, the best accessory that you can put on your adventure bike right now in Cleveland a is a pickup truck. Oh, I was gonna say a trailer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. I mean, Versa hauler. Right. That is the best accessory for any twelve thousand dollar adventure bike. Right. Is a three thousand dollar pickup truck. Because you can roll a dirt bike right in the back of the pickup truck and right. go wherever you want to go with the AC and the stereo on, right. and then unload it and go play around in the woods. Well, that's know? even that's even, even my does. husky. My like, so I, I changed the tires on my husky to make like more. They're still off. They're like fifty fifty now. They're mm-hmm. like a decent, like a seven hundred one or whatever. Yeah. But two hours of slab on that to get to something right. still sucks. It's still a six hundred and ten cc single. Yeah, and you just burned off thirty five percent of your tires. Yeah, it still sucks. <laughs> like on the way to go ride in the dirt, right. you know, and that's a tough thing too. Is that's how I feel about my my Africa Twin. Right. I like my Africa Twin. It's great on the yeah. road. <laughs> well, this is the it's joke. Great is on like, the road. And it's a sport utility vehicle. Yeah. It's a sport you do the why? Because your face is up high and you can see over traffic. Yeah. It's the same reason they sold every soccer mom a sport utility vehicle. Because mm-hmm. look at you're safer up here and you can see but, over cars. But here's the thing, a lot of the like a lot of the BDRs and things and whatever, yeah. a lot of it there is just dirt roads. Right. Where an Africa twin with fifty fifty tires or sixty forty or thirty seventy tires right. is more than happy on, right? Yeah. Yeah. But like all these people get their, their minds all set up because some dude it's like, well, you're not really an adventure rider unless you do this fucking nine-degree vertical wall of yeah. mud and all that. And it's like, it's, I guess it's your expectations. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, even even on the West Coast, there's like a lot of trails where you could ride it on a fucking Harley if you want to, right. realistically. Yeah. So it's just how comfortable you want to be doing it. Oh, and I just said the irony is going to be when my adventure bike falls over right. and breaks my leg but because bike. of all the weight I've added to it in <laughs> SW Motec shit. Whereas the stock bike would have fallen over and not broken my leg. Right. So my I will be foisted on my own petard. Well, that's yeah. one of the biggest arguments you see online um, of all these adventure guys. is like they're always chasing the unicorn, right? right. They're chasing the, the, the do-it-all super bike that weighs under 400 pounds. Mm-hmm. And yet they still want to have panniers and radio technology and fucking all this other stuff and everything. Right. And everybody's like, dude, get a WR250 right. and go ride dirt. If that's what you want to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so I was going to say that if I <clears throat> ride dirt or, or grass, like trail... Right. I think my KLR two fifty. Yeah. I'm honestly because surprised that Honda hasn't produced the dirt wing yet. That is <laughs> yeah. But Nami's on a GL eight hundred yeah. and or eighteen hundred and you're in business, right? You know. Uh it'd be nice if there's a way to, if there's a convertible bike, you know, like you could pull your bike into something and then drive it on the road and then pull your bike out mm-hmm. of it and be so you're in a, on a bike, but it's same bike, separate set of wheels at the house. Mm-hmm. So that and they're all single sided swing arms. So that you've got like five lug nuts, so it's super easy, or just you know have a freaking proper British car mm. a knockoff on it, and yeah, pull it into your garage, and you've got a set, of, you know, you got one set of wheels of twenty one in the front and eighteen on the back with your knobbies on it, and then you got another one that's a seventeen and a seventeen, and everything's just all on the same basic knockoff hub. It's like a multi caliber gun. Multi caliber gun. <laughs> one gun with three well. barrels. <laughs> so a couple of podcasts ago, you you were. Well, we all were kind of making fun of the twelve hundred, the Triumph twelve hundred Scrambler, that yes, yes, out, right? Yeah. But apparently, they have the eight hundred now that came out. They have a street version and the Scrambler version. So the bike that just barely got released nine seconds ago, yeah, as a twelve hundred, has been released now 
is an 800. Again, is an 800. And, but they have the street version and the scrambler version. Was that part of the 28 bikes that we listed two weeks ago, or is that an add-on to the 28 bikes? It might bikes? be an add-on. Oh, the thing shit. Is, is that, so there's a guy. He, he, Poor fucking dealers. There's a dude, Steve something, and yeah. I, he's a good dude. I, I yeah. follow him. He, he can, like, if I could ride one-third of as good as he can ride, yeah. I'd be happy. Like, he is a okay. very talented rider. So when he reviews shit, yeah. it's pretty good. And uh, he rode both of them, and he really preferred the Scrambler version of the 800 to the other one just because of the way the tires worked and it worked off-road or okay. whatever. Right. But it was kind of like they were kind of alluding to the fact that, like, these were great, but they can't wait to try the 1200. And mm-hmm. I was like, how much better do you think that 1200 is going to be off-road than an 800? You right. know, that's 250-plus pounds on right. top of that. Oh, my but, God, yeah. Yeah, but this, it actually, so the 800 seemed pretty cool. I mean, right. like, you know, but it was kind of funny that you had just talked about, like, who's going to put on a 1200? This Porsche's great. I can't wait to drive the Winnebago version. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it does strike me as being a very strange direction that we're headed, and that's, like, what, insert name of adventure bike here, and it's all we, we can all go back to the BMW twelve like the twelve hundred GS. Right. So we can all go back to a big block GS for this because it is a feature rich motorcycle in so much as it has like the same <coughs> goddamn Harley Davidson Rushmore entertainment system, you know, oh Bluetooth for the pa- driver, passenger, we can download Well now the new twelve fifty has the shift cam, which gives you it has one cam or like one version of the cam at up to four thousand RPMs, but once okay. you get on the throttle more, then it moves over. So, so it's got VTEC. It's basically VTEC. Yeah, it's yeah. the twelve fifty now, but it moves over. So yeah. I'm and thinking it's going to be reliable, and that's never going to break down. That's what I'm saying. No, it's, <laughs> it's German, of course it won't. So you're, you're asking these guys to go out and travel the world on this bike right. that has more moving parts than any human being can oh my ever God, figure yeah. out. Pete and his ever. brother have it right. You know, they they went all over the place on yeah. those CT90s. <laughs> Trail and then they TW200s. And those TW200s. Yeah, they yeah. went everywhere on the yeah. TW200, yeah. and that's all you freaking need. It's yeah. the picture of simplicity as well. Right. He's, right. he's the smartest man in the, the room. The TW200 right does not have one part on that bike that doesn't need to be there. Right. I mean, it's, it's seriously, it has been distilled down for the past 30 years to yeah. be the perfect motorcycle. It is. Uh, if it were a 450, it might be usable. I still hear yeah. power windows in cars. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that the only the only fault of the TW two hundred is sometimes I need to get there today. Yeah, right. Know? And so that's an issue. That's when you bring your trailer. And that's when you bring your trailer. <laughs> God, if I only had a trailer, it'd be great. The uh, yeah, or a small pickup truck to put this bike in the back of. But yeah, it's really it is a really weird thing when we think about like is the perfect bike the right bike? And I'm okay with I'm okay with not having the perfect bike. If it's a bike that I like, identify with, and it's like, I mean, I don't, I'm, don't ever let me throw out a sports metaphor, but I'm, a, I'm sure there are people that support a certain team, even though it's not the best team, right? Right. Um, but isn't the right bike also the one that you're obsessing about at the moment? Yeah, because I'm having a current obsession right now, and like I, that's all I think about. No, that's a spade. No, I'm just saying that's my. That's but even my so, I mean, that's my obsession right now. I don't. You can yell at me all you want. But, that's but my. I, no, but the same thing happened when I tried on the, you know, the, <coughs> the Ducati. When I tried on the GT1000, right, the Cafe Racer. You know, I wanted it more than anything in the world. But when it showed up, I fucking hated it. Right. <laughs> you Mr. know, Mr. So, Spock said that in in one of the episodes of Star Trek, yeah. that wanting is often better than having. 
I think you're right. Yeah, wanting is better than having. Because you know what? When I lusted after a GT1000, when I lusted after you know the Cafe Racer Ducati, it was like, oh, man, you know, someday, 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 someday. And every day since the day that that bike left our shop, I've just been like, oh, that fucker. <laughs> oh, that fucker. It's like the woman who drained your bank account. You're just like, you know, you wanted her so bad, but then fuck her, you know? Yeah, it's like, yeah. it's like um, I think your sports analogy is very good. But when you look Nobody's at it, ever said that about me before. No, but ever. I'm just saying, <laughs> but, but I'll take it one step yeah. further. It's like, you have, okay, say football. You have how many running backs or how many quarterbacks? There's one out of all those guys. Right. There's one best quarterback. Sure. There's one best yeah. running back. And all those other guys, hey, there might be 20 excellent you ones. You can only And they're better than be anything else. else in this whole country. Right. Yeah. But they're not the best one. And right. so you're, the most bikes that we get are. Guy number six ain't chopped liver. Right. Yeah. And that's what we have. Yeah. But we don't have the, we don't have the, the top guy yeah. in that category. And you, you're never going to, it's reaching for a, it's a unicorn. But it's yeah. also opinions too. Right. So being part of this podcast for as long as I have been and, and knowing you for as long as I have yeah. been and you're, and I trust your judgment a lot of times, I'm starting to hate carburetors myself. <laughs> okay. And so, you know, there's many things. So like. Like this, like so, you might not have had access to that motorcycle that you wanted when you when you finally got it. Right. It wasn't what you thought it was, yeah. right? Yeah. But something like this, where I'm coming into your shop, where there's a million motorcycles all over the place, and yeah. I get to go, oh, this one feels good, and this one's nice, and this yeah. one's not what I thought it was, right. and this is cool, whatever. And then you know, so then at that point, it's like, oh, that puppy's kind of cute. I'll pet it. Right, but then you go and you see some other puppies and stuff, and that one's got an angular face, and that one's got a fucking carburetor and whatever. <laughs> then you come back to the one that doesn't have a carburetor, it's right. fuel injected. Oh, and you're yeah. like, oh, this is my new fucking puppy, and right. then you get obsessed with that puppy. So, oh yeah, who's who's that bike is not right for ninety nine point seven percent of the people. Or you whatever. should get the brown spade and put ears on it. Well, I can do that. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But like, so it's you not just your puppy all you want. No, but it's just, I'm just saying it's not uninformed. Yeah. It's I've sat on it. I've liked it, and, that, and so now that's all I'm thinking about. And now I have projects in my head and all the stuff wrapping around that bike. Uh-huh. So you're the, the the greatest bike in the world is whatever you're obsessed with and you have access to the next one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The next one, man. That it's M plus one. Yeah. Just your Metropolitan and shut up. <laughs> that's my wife's Metropolitan. Too many. Parties. You know it's yours. Yeah. Well, I have taken it for beers before. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty good. The other day, I was I was getting fired up, and I have we have a mad ass one mad ass still still in my house, and it oh, runs. I didn't know that. Yeah, we have mad ass, and it's got a Piranha motor in it. Oh, amazing! Yeah, didn't know that. Is it that silver one. That was it was a, it's a yellow one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is it one, one of the ones you took on your trip? Yeah, cross country. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got you know five thousand miles on it. It's been across America once. Yeah. And uh yeah. It's it's basically went from San Diego to Annapolis and then basically farted around my neighborhood for the next, you know, couple of years. And then I threw a blanket over it a few years ago and just haven't done anything else with it. And so I've been thinking more and more about like, ah, you know, over the winter we'll we'll bring it out and we'll just kinda go through it and lightly go over it and make sure everything's good and yeah. put it back on the road. And I was actually thinking, I was like, you know, that bike would be more fun. <laughs> If we, you know, knobbies, knobbies. Yeah. <laughs> it's got no fucking travel. 
I mean, it has no suspension travel whatsoever. But it does sound like the perfect Mid Ohio bike. It well, it's the perfect bike for a lot of things because yeah. it'll do every it'll do every bit of sixty miles an hour. Yeah, and it's weird looking. It is it is not safe for your ass or your back or your wrists. It's the most uncomfortable piece of shit I've ever ridden in my driver. life. And they call it the Madass. I know. Not not the Happy Butt 3000. It was the Madass. <laughs> yeah. It was it was named appropriately. Ergonomics only an orangutan could love. It is a fucked up thing. But it was, you know, working in the garage kind of doing working on cars the other day. I got there and I was looking at it and it was looking at it was looking back at me with this weird stacked projector beam headlights. And it was all being German and creepy and weird. And it was like, you're looking at me, I will pee on you, yeah. and you will like it. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, you're terrible, man. I'm like, you're just not even supposed to be in the garage. That's I can't trust you. Germany. I, I yeah. just like, I like the fact, I <laughs> brought up the one time, I was like, have you ever heard of a madass? You're like, oh, the thing I took across country for yeah. 5,000 miles? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> 3,478 miles of torture. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. That was, that is like, that's that line from, uh. Clerks, you know, he he meets girls and he doesn't does something incredibly uncomfortable with them. What, like sex in the back of a Volkswagen? Yeah. No, rides a madass across country. Across country. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a terrible idea. Promotional stunt, yes. A good idea, nope. That was the <laughs> worst bike to ride. But that that was uh, from Mallrats. Yeah, Mallrats. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, and but I will tell you that. The bike is kind of calling out to me like it needs to have some sunshine put on it. Needs it needs to be spanked. It needs to be spanked. Yeah, it needs to be spanked. It needs to be taken out and ridden hard and put away wet. Um, the kickstart... Put a ball gag at its intake. Well, to give you an idea... Well, to give you an idea of how China has changed. So those bikes, when they came out, this was the high-compression 150cc motor. Right. That was not the stock... Madass motor, sax motor, and they're kickstart only, you know. So it's kickstart only bike, and the thing comes out, and we get the bike, we take the motor out of the crate, we hang the motor in the frame. There's not a lot of work that you need to do to change a motor in one of those motorcycles, and so we hang the motor in the thing, and I take it out and got all the lights plumbed up, and it's ready to go, and got oil in it, and what are you gonna do? <clears throat> turn the key on, kick the fucker, right? <clears throat> so I turn the key on, I kick the fucker. And uh, it kind of gave me a little hagada hagada hagada. I was like, all right, but there was a there was a little meat behind that kick. I was like, this is kind of a high compression 150. Like this shouldn't be kicking as hard as it's kicking. Okay, so I kick it again, and it goes hagada hagada. And I was like, okay, all right, just you know, I just you know, man up, Sally. Yeah. It's a 150. I'm like, oh, I shouldn't be kicking a 150 this hard. So <laughs> then a third time, I kicked it pretty good. And the kickstart lever just shot across the parking lot. Oh, <laughs> no. On the third kick. <laughs> and it turns out that I didn't shear the splines off inside the kickstart lever, oh. which is what I had hoped for. Oh. But what had instead happened is I had actually sheared the kickstart shaft on the quadrant. Oh, oh no. Now you have a no, pump start only Because bike. you have yeah. to do surgery internally to yeah. replace that. Yeah. You can't fix that from the outside, no, motherfucker. No. You got to take the motor apart to fix that part. Oh. And so after that, I just bump started it <laughs> because why not? Right. It's a 150. But what we learned is that when they put that motor together in China, that they uh, they didn't make the kickstart quadrant shaft out of something that was 
Kickstartable. Metal. metal. <laughs> yeah. metal. It was nylon. Uh, right. Yeah, it was no, it was extremely porous. <laughs> yeah. I would like to say it was just a collection of scabs <laughs> off of the floor, <laughs> pushed together in a press at least 20, 30, <laughs> maybe hair 40 dryer heating it the Maybe 40 PSI. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, just Fresh harvested floor scabs. It was yeah. metal oh, meatloaf. Yang's machine femur. <laughs> yes, exactly. It was not good, and it didn't work. And so, long and short of it is, uh, Wang. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently, they they later said that the stopping point was at a bad angle when the motor was hung in the mad ass because your leg was still traveling downward. Oh. And so the stopping point, the point where the quadrant stopped, hmm. your the kickstart wasn't straight down yet. Yeah, right. So the kickstart was only at like, you know, the equivalent of like seven o'clock. It so wasn't it hit the like end, six o'clock. It hit the stop when it and just and funny. you just shattered yeah. the shit out of it. Ugh. So that's what's wrong with this bike is we need to take the motor apart and put in a kickstart quadrant in it. Yeah. Right. And then have a little thing on the handlebars that says Settle down, cowboy. Yeah. This is a 150cc. <laughs> Use your hand. Right. right? Uh, this is not a foot start. This is a hand start right. kind of bike. <laughs> and then I did learn that later on, in later versions of the bike, they fixed that problem. Oh. So the other thing we could do is we could just take the bike and take the motor out entirely and put the motor in like a CT90 or something that we can put a kickstart in that would be easy, right? Yeah. And then we can put like the 160 or 175 or 180 or whatever fucking perverse version of that motor they have now right. in the mad ass <laughs> and just have a mad ass that is worthy of the name mad ass. Right. With like, yeah, the through trailer. the use of disturbed, overclocked, ridiculous should make a 900 software. Horizontal twin or a horizontal <laughs> single, you're like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> one giant. <laughs> it's like a the piston's like oh, a five gallon bucket. Single light. Yeah. 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 Somebody, you're sitting at a red light. Somebody films a, films 30 seconds of you sitting on this thing, and it instantly gets posted on fuck machines. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's not good. It, it would, the piston's just a paint can. <laughs> yeah, the piston stays yeah. in place. The, the, the bike moves. Yeah, the bike moves around the piston. That, that's exactly what it needs to have. Boom. What was the old? What was that ridiculous Suzuki intruder? It was like a fourteen hundred single or some nonsense. Oh, I don't remember hearing about that. Oh my god! Yeah, and Suzuki had an absurd intruder for like an extremely short period of time. Well, they had the DR eight hundred or whatever, right? The the, the eight hundred single. Yeah, he's kind of a savage, which is. It's, it was a savage a, too. They're all a, savages. That's a small coffee can. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's a terrible idea. Six fifty. Yeah, it's a really, really bad idea. Yeah. yeah. So it's like it's one of those things where you're just like as a as a whole, when you think about like little project bikes and shit you can do to them. Uh, can we do something? I this think year a YZ two fifty motor would be really good in that thing. Yeah, it would. It's it two stroke really crazy. There. What were you asking, Steve? I was saying, can we please make copies of? Antique plates and do that to the Suzuki booth this year. Oh God, <laughs> that wouldn't be the worst idea. Literally, we should just print out a number of paper historical plates, Ohio mm-hmm. historical plates, and then we'll just slide them into the license plate hangers in the Suzuki booth for all the bikes in the booth that are over twenty-five years old. <laughs> I think that would be great. <laughs> DR650? Yeah. Check. Yeah. Savage? Check. Absolutely. 
I'm sorry, that's a Boulevard S40. <coughs> no, it's a Savage 650. Savage. That is funny. Yeah, that's that 1984. That's a super old bike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like. I mean, that's crazy. It's 34 years old. I know. That's. Like, I mean, I mean that's really ridiculous, uh, and and they should be embarrassed by themselves because you know it, it, Ford Motor Company's not out there right now no. trotting out their new 2019 Ford Escort yep. Generation 16 or Fiesta you know? or Fiesta. Right? <laughs> the Fiesta. Well, they did yeah. kill the Fiesta, yeah. but I mean, like, not the same <laughs> fucking one. Right, right, right. They're not bringing out my 1978 Ford Fiesta Mark One. You know, slapping different mirrors on it and calling it a Gen 3 or whatever. We've gone to 14-inch wheels this year. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> oh, so bad. Oh, man. It's the SS. It's, it's really, I mean, that is that is sort of sad that Suzuki and other, you know, but it is bad. When we go to the motorcycle show and they're like, have you seen the new DR650? No, I haven't. By all means, show it to <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah. Well, no, it's right here. You're sitting on it. I was like, oh, no, this is the old deal. Right, right. Well, you, well, you know, Suzuki's got a problem when Betty White's the lady in the booth. <laughs> she's the one that's presenting all the new bikes. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah, that is. I remember the very first Savage. Well, come on. Triumph resurrected a computer-generated Steve McQueen. Ah. Because you know what? I guess when you're choosing your spokesperson for your company, you don't want somebody who can like literally accidentally fuck a guy, or like you know Kevin Spacey his way out of you know <laughs> popularity. Right. You don't want to choose some dude who's going to be like, oh, we picked him. Oh, that speaking was a bad move. Speaking of accidentally fucking a guy, <laughs> Kevin Spacey comes to mind. Well, that's an accident. I don't know. It was the '80s. I think everybody was doing that. He tripped on a carpet and just <laughs> fell into. It was just horrible. He just fell situation. into a teenager. Yeah. For yeah. silly Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> For silly. It's just ridiculous. The uh, uh, yeah, I I don't know. Uh, I was thinking about which one of the ridiculous. I thought maybe there was a boulevard that was bigger than a 650, but I think it was the 800. Yeah. The yeah. C, the, yeah. I think the it was DR the or whatever. It was like the, it was like, an event, it's what they all, it's all the, the adventure bikes they have now are modeled after because they had a beak. The DR800 oh. or whatever the hell okay. it was. It was like all some right. big single looking yeah. adventure bike thing. Yeah. But I think I, it, that has the record of being one of the biggest singles that was manufactured, like, like, uh, what do you call it? Manufactured, um, Mass manufacturing. Okay, yeah, yeah. Mass produced. Yeah. Right. Mass produced. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. A, a hidden yeah. miss motorcycle would be kind of fun, though. <laughs> yeah. So, so, all right. So, speaking of IMS show, what's the plan way. for the IMS? It's only a month away, right? Isn't so, I think what we're going to do is, I think that uh, I think that that um, that group, uh, affectionately known as Cleveland Moto, uh, you know, that historical yeah. motorcycle organization. Yeah, I love it. So, I think they're going to probably have a booth again. Awesome. So they'll probably it'll probably be a lot like last year and the year before. So you know they'll have like you know eighteen or twenty historical vintage motorcycles. Yep. It'll be there. And if you know if like a G four hundred C scrambler slides in there with historical plates on it, it could happen. Yeah, it could happen. Yeah. Gonna say who would even know? Who would know? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. But it's fun. I mean, like the idea behind the show is we do get a lot of bikes out there. We do get a lot of vintage bikes out there. Yep. Last year we had what did we have eighteen bikes last year? Eighteen or nineteen bikes last yep. year. It was pretty fantastic. A good um, bike up against an old bike would that would give you a lot of interest to that bike? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think that having that you know kind of snuck into the <sighs> snuck in there would probably be uh, 
be pretty cool. I mean, that 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 be a fun thing. So yeah, I uh, I had an idea. Yeah, and I probably should have said something before the you actual can. podcast, but. So last year and the year before, and some of the things, they had the official, like, IMS show uh, scavenger hunt, right? Really? And, like, people had this app, and they walked around, and they, oh, I went to this booth, and I get points here and that, and you get to enter whatever. Wouldn't it be kind of fun to have a Cleveland Moto scavenger hunt at the IMS show for people that listen to the podcast? Oh, or just bingo? Yeah. Like or, bingo? Like, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, like, you have to go somewhere and do right. something. And it's January 28th. Find a, like, find a podcast member and show them your... Uh, Rack. <laughs> it's, it's January 28th. There's three feet of snow on the ground outside in Cleveland. And you have to find a picture of a woman in a Harley Davidson leather halter top. Right, exactly. Right. That's what I'm exactly. saying. Yeah, like Somebody that you know had to take off at least three layers of right. clothing to parade around, right. you know, basically to play a motorcycle show Halloween. And I figure if you do yeah. ten of these, and, you, like, you know, each day... Like, and I'm just not speaking for you, but maybe you give away a Cleveland Moto shot glass or right. a Something. glass. You know we what I mean? Stuff. To make it interesting. We, it's a, if we only had pint glasses yeah. or coffee mugs. That's what I'm saying. Oh, wait. I happen to have like 400 of those. Right. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> what I was thinking about. So something like that would be really so, yes. that'd be kind of interesting, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a cool idea. I, I, I was looking that up real quickly. But, yes, the Suzuki, uh, the Suzuki DR800, affectionately known as Dr. Big. Yeah, I like that. Doctor Big, I like that. Yeah, because I call my DRZ Doctor Z. Yeah, so that's cool. Doctor Big, man, very very big, Yeah, Doctor Doctor Big. I think that's pretty rad. So that's cool, Doctor Big. I had not heard that before, and I like it. I approve of that. Theme song is that Michael Fresh, Little Big. Yeah. So that's. I'm really I'm happy with that. So yeah, we could have some kind of fun game. Where you get your uh, bingo card punched, so to speak. Yeah. 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 Cleveland Moto Bingo. Is that a euphemism? Yes. Get your Cleveland <laughs> Moto like, Bingo card punched. We could yeah. like purposely annoy people without annoying them. Like make sure you get your shots with so and so from this company. And, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Everybody who wants to play Cleveland Moto Bingo yeah. has to get their picture taken with the guy from like the mysterious or more importantly, everybody has a phone. Everybody has a thing, right? Right. Video proof that you ask twenty five <laughs> minutes of questions at this booth. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> who can ask more questions <laughs> right. at the Indian booth? Think a who can make of you with your mouth open? <laughs> right. Who can make and a Ducati girl in the background? Yes, exactly. Whoever whoever can make the the let me defog your glasses guy cry right. automatically yeah. wins something. And anybody who, <laughs> right, anybody can walk away. Away with a polished Coke can that's polished oh, to the yeah. bottom like Chrome. <laughs> Anybody who can walk away with one of those cans. Really? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'll give a guy a free prize if he brings me White Castle again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got an apple pie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, apple pie. Yeah. We had moonshine. We had White Castle. Oh, Our podcast awesome. listeners have treated us very well at the motorcycle yeah. show here. In a twelve pack delivered definitely earns a prize. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, you know, so you can even drink it with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, we will have a booth. So there'll be a Cleveland Moto booth. So you guys can come and come and find us. We're in the vintage area. We'll, there will be vintage bikes there. You know, as usual, we'll you know we'll get there and Thursday. We'll set everything up, and there will be you know. What I will say about the IMS shows and why it is kind of nice is it's something to do in the middle of the winter. Long Beach has already happened. You know, that show's done. They've, they've done that one, and they're moving across America right now. 
You know, for us, it's the end of January. Man, what else are we going to do? Nothing. Nothing. Right? It gives us a chance to get in there. Uh, whether or not we want to be podcasters and go around and actually, you know, podcast about things. The idea is, I know we're going to have a bunch of motorcycles there. We're going to have a bunch of vintage bikes there. I think it's fun, though, to podcast yeah. from booth to booth. It to is booth. fun. It's Yeah, it is fun. It's hard to get all of us together at the same time without hurting cats. Although, because well, usually without hurting Chris Smith. Well, and right. And, and yeah, Michael so. Fresh making comments about my daughter. Right. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, dude. <laughs> yeah. But it is fun. I enjoy that motor. I enjoy that show a lot. We're have to get because those child leashes. We don't have a lot of other booted stuff. Booted out there. of the BMW. Whatever. Uh, I mean, just VIP center yeah. on top so, of it. All right. yeah. We should all do. We should all do podcast bets of what's going to change this year. So <laughs> I think mm-hmm. with the adventure motorcycle thing taking over in a lot of ways, I yeah. think it's going to be at least fifteen percent more adventure bike. Oh yeah. Whoa. Way less chopper. It, it is for sure that adventure bike is the new cafe racer. Yeah. I mean, which is to say that. It is also tired and played out now that everyone is doing it. Right. right. So it arrived just in time for its own funeral. So same with the cafe racers. Same with the cafe hey. racers. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Do you know when adventure bike is done? When I build one. Yeah. Right. I advise you to look to your left, thirty-five feet. <laughs> yeah. The fact that I am actually building an adventure bike should tell you everyone else should run away from it. So what's the next? What's the next cool guy? I don't know because I get there like a year and a half late anyway. So fuck it. You're not going to look at the cool guy. Choppers, man. Early choppers. No choppers. Oh choppers. Choppers never die. Choppers never die. Keep going back, man. Don't. That's right. Like the fucking Ozzy Osbourne in the motorcycle world. Mm -hmm. There's just always a new new group of people that get into them. Right. You know, it's like now it's the hipster chopper. Right. It's choppers have historically just managed to grab whatever group of people. So here's my prediction. You ready? Chopsters. So so now baggers got cool with the 36-inch front wheels, right? Yes. So what's going to happen is there's going to be choppers. Define cool. Well, I mean, it's okay. Whatever. I'm there were more than six of them. Yeah, there were more than six. Yeah. Oh, Christ. All right. So next. That doesn't mean cool. Next is going to be people will fully... People okay. will pay more for one of those front wheels than most of us pay for a car that we're driving. Right. right. Uh, yeah, it's, it's so stupid. So the next thing, I'm sorry, right. Steve. No, no, you're fine. The next thing is going to be the skinniest rear tire and the fattest mm. front tire that you can go. So there's going to be stretch choppers yeah. with 300s on the front and like 110s. And the I back. agree with the hipsterfication <laughs> of that because like if hipsters could figure out a way to eat with their ass, they would. Right. right? <laughs> because it's just like, it's how wrong can we do something? Right, right. Like, I know the way you've been doing it, old man. Right. But fuck you, I'm different. Mm-hmm. So they're not gonna, my butthole. There's plenty. Of, there's plenty of stretch forks <laughs> from all the fucking Borgette choppers yeah. and shit laying around. Laying around. So they're gonna get all those. They're gonna right. get th- now they're gonna make triple trees that are 300 millimeters wide. Oh yeah, they you can got stick a wide wide front. I wonder end. what right. they're gonna do with all those mm, front that, brakes they don't. That's use. next. Right. <laughs> right now, leftover pile of those. Yeah. But you could just have a tiny little bicycle like, on the back, back and then and a giant like 33 inch car tire, mudder like truck tire on the front. It looks like you got a lady from Marysville just on the front rolling, rolling along. Front there. There's yeah. going to be some pioneering hipster that comes around and does something with all those brakes. He's going to have like yeah. four calipers on yeah. each <laughs> side, a <laughs> dual disc, eight caliber. But think about it with the front caliper. wheel. You don't even have to have a jack shaft or anything. No, it's just no. fucking spread the forks and spread put it the in there. Yeah. It's like and then the put leg. nine brake calipers the whole way around. <laughs> the whole way around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Look, I've got I've got seven master cylinders. <laughs> wow. Well, they use those brakes with the rubber pads. I got a bike, but the brake shoes will be this big. <laughs> and they'll run on the rims. <laughs> My motorcycle takes more dot three than it does oil. Yeah. It, 
We saw a limo motorcycle. What's that? A limo. <laughs> oh, man. It's, Get married in the back. <laughs> a, a stretch motorcycle uh, with a really long sidecar. with all your friends. So, right. you know what? So, speaking to his display, <laughs> yeah. what, is the, what is the state law about how many people are allowed on a motorcycle? Four. So, as long as you have the seat space, it's four, right? Now, it's actually motorcycle sidecars. So, they, they actually had to put it in print. Okay. I don't know if it still stands in Ohio's laws today, but I do know that for a while it was. So Ohio's got, and I'll, I'm, once again, if you live in another state, yeah. congratulations, right. we didn't get out. Or in uh, shit. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> so Ohio used to have a law that says four because you could have two people in the sidecar okay. and, and two, two on the bike. And the maximum number of people that's allowed to be on a motorcycle in the state of Ohio is two. But sidecar adds two. But what if you have like the Indian running boards where you can have free people? Once again, you, can't, you can have them. The clown car is legal, but not everyone gets a, se- a seatbelt. Right. 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 So you can put 26 assholes in a you know Fiat, right. but not everyone has a seatbelt. Right. Are you saying the Bomberland would be illegal? Yeah. In the, well, the Bomberland would be illegal. Well, but does the Bomberland really run on two wheels or does it run on four? It's two. It's, it just has landing gear. Uh, yeah, the, the Bomberland has landing gear. Does it have landing gear? I think it does. But it, it's got four. It's a four seater. But it's a four seater. It's a straight inline four seater, the Bomberland. But it does have. But that doesn't matter. It does when it's operational. It's only two wheels on the ground. So you'd have to make the back like a cat. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to so put the one. So could yeah. just lay, yeah. lay down and. But that is a that is a question that does come up from time to time, and I know that on the current Ohio motorcycle test, it does ask you how many people are allowed to be on the motorcycle, right, right, right. and the answer is two. And and every once in a while, I get some cock knocker in here who's just like. Well, but what if it's a sidecar rig? And I said, then the question would have said, how many people can sit on a sidecar rig? Right, right. The question said, how many people can sit on a motorcycle? But if you're in Bangladesh, it's... Anything goes, yeah, They dude. stop at in-laws. Yeah. Right. They, they stop at in-laws. Yeah. Yeah, they stop at it. Yeah, what, are, oh, what about... In-laws as you have. You know, like they, they make the tall bicycles. Would When's somebody going to make a tall motorcycle? Right, the tall motorcycle seems like it needs to happen. Yeah, weld oh, yeah. a motorcycle frame on top of another, motorcycle, of another frame. motorcycle frame. Oh. With the wheels, then they got four, with the one on the bottom and two here and one top, so right. they all... Right. Yeah, ghost ring. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Double lots of fuel line. Right. And brake yeah. cables. But that like that uh, should be that, we've seen some very happen. stupid trends. Yeah. That wouldn't surprise me. No. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm I'm betting big front tire, man. Like, big look, front tire chubby front tire. Yeah, beyond like chubby beyond, front tire and then ridiculously little. Because they're already doing like like yeah. I I follow enough motorcycle bullshit on, on, on all the social media mm. that everybody's putting knobbies on shit. Yes. Oh god, yes. So like yeah. you can have a chopper and yeah. then you put a a rear front a rear knobby tire on the front. Yes. And all of a sudden, it's fucking it's greatest cool. thing. It's right. cool as it's fuck. Cool. Yeah. It's like this. <laughs> I posted a thing. The Firestone car tire in the back wasn't good enough. They put no. the Firestone car tire in the front. In the front, right? And that was cooler. But right. the guy was on yeah. this like complete chopped out seventy three whatever whatever knucklehead blah blah yeah. with all the stuff. I'm like that's a really cool bike, but I wouldn't go over thirty miles an hour anywhere on it. You know what I mean? Like period done. Like you're. Fucked. So what we're saying is the Batman tumbler. <laughs> Is probably in the wheelhouse. Yeah, 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 we're getting there. There is a fetishy thing. Like when I ordered up some tires for the the G four hundred C that we're doing, a scrambler thing. Yeah. I didn't order the right size tires for the bike. I did a little fatter. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I, I will admit, I I am too aware of that fashion of putting obscenely large. Chubbier than should be block tires on the motorcycle, but but there is a certain usefulness of like putting like realistic 
thicker tires on it. If like you're you a Rocon Trailbreaker. Yeah, if you, you, know, want, to if you want to have flotation. <laughs> and the front tire is like the size of a razor. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, you can go places if you do it. Like, there's there's a sensibility to some of it, yeah. but then there's a stupidity. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, there's a line, and once you pass that line, then it's become stupid. I will say, I had a person tell me at length about how safe his donks were. So this guy builds donks. So he builds donks, and then he tells me about, and his thing is, he ignores Harleys. He builds Yamaha, okay. like roadliner donks. Wow. Right. Like, that's his game, is all stars, right? Mm. And so he tells me, oh, you tell me you can't turn a donk. Look at my YouTube video. And this guy's got like 14 YouTube videos of him running this bike down to the point where it's what any one of us would call aggressive cornering angles. Now, with the bags off. Right. The second the bags go on, you can't do shit yeah, with it. Do that. Right. But he is running the bike and he's doing parking lot maneuverability with a, you know, 30 god awful something inch front wheel. Does he change the geometry like so that it's not like No, I think that he's just used the fact that human beings are infinitely adaptable. To or, learn the right way to ride the bike. Well, also, what's yeah. the parking lot look like? It was fairly, I mean, it's be, cool. Because you're not hitting a bump with one of those. No, you're not. No. No, 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 no. Right. But the idea was that maneuverability. Like, he was maintaining maneuverability in the vehicle. He could execute a left and a right turn. He could do a figure eight right. within a smaller radius than you thought he could. Right. But I also think that that's a lot of that is just never underestimate the adaptability of human beings. Well, I, I, I just like all the videos because I sometimes get really bored at work and I end up watching YouTube. Never happens here. Never happens here, right? <laughs> um, but I like I like when they show the guys in like a simple, tiny. Well, if you live in Cleveland, you, it's you know this is like normal. This is like twenty-seven times every thousand feet potholes. And these guys with these 36-inch wheels yeah. hit them, and they just go into an unbelievable shape. Yes. And they they're would. done. Yeah. They're yeah. Done. yeah. It's so all it's over. like, you yeah. can maneuver all you want in a nice, smooth right. parking lot. Let me yeah. see you maneuver, you know, around a stop car in traffic with a pothole. And there's also, you know, we've seen here that as car wheels became big and the tires on them became Band-Aids, right. that the number of, you know, catastrophic tire failures and wheel failures... Oh, yeah. But I just look at that on the side of the road. I'm like, well, there you can't fight fashion. Way to go, asshole. Don't, don't you think a, a Earl's Fork would be more uh, compatible with a dunk? Like one of those times? Because you could change. Oh, shit. That might be the change, new thing. You could change the geometry on that so that when you hit the bump, it actually gives you suspension. Now, wait a second. Why can't Earl's Forks be the next dunk? Like, like just do. Earl's Forks. That's what the Janus guys are doing, aren't they? Or no? Well, I mean, they're doing all. I mean,. Okay, they have an Earl's fork on the front, but they have nothing on the back. Well, yeah, uh, right. Yeah. They're they're half rigid, half Earl's. So like, they're, well, they're the ultimate hipsters. Yeah, it's a board tracker, and it's got an Earl's on the front, and it's rigid on the back. <laughs> right, right. And they're eating through their asshole. It's yeah. amazing. <laughs> Here, let me let me put this bratwurst away real quick. Delicious. <laughs> It's the, it's the pooping part that's hard. <laughs> that brought to no, you. you're right, though. Your right. verb is a fart. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly it. But that's my thing. Like I totally believe it. And Earl's, though. Earl's makes sense. Yeah. Because you could do Earl's with like a big fat car tire, because sidecar rigs have done it for years. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. right. Yeah. You throw an Earl's on the front of the bike, and... And you can get pretty ornate. Yeah. Oh, it's all sexy. I mean, you could do, uh, cool. you could do scroll. Yeah. yeah, scroll. Yeah, make it look like a fucking Santa sleigh from Whoville. 
Because yeah, all crazy you have to do is again, like, if, if your <laughs> steering head's like this, yeah, and a donk, if you extended yeah. the pipe out, out, then you could put right. the the shack yeah. down, yeah, so that when you hit, it wouldn't. You'd be able to get. Do you know the what I didn't see enough of the at the motorcycle show last year? Tank tracks. <laughs> <laughs> we could do more with tank tracks. There we go. That's the rear to go yeah. with the big, huge, wide wheel. Oh, oh, there we go. Uh, front yeah. tank big ass front wheel. So you uh, can't turn no matter what you do. Yeah, you're just perfect. fucking going straight. Don't let catcher. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's that's it. I when you work straight down the road from where you live, exactly. Yeah. Right. That's fine. And don't need to turn around. And you know what? I predict. You park that shit outside of Smedley's, you'll have 36 guys standing in a circle telling you how, oh, that's fucking cool, that's great, great, I'm gonna love that shit, and rubbing their dick through it's their trousers. when I park my ruckus out there. Yeah. Do you think, that's yeah. not right! That's <laughs> not, not right. right! Do you guys think that, that uh, clear-coated rust is still gonna be fucking awesome this year? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, I... I don't know if then the you park your ruckus on, on the patina. sidewalk and go. <laughs> That's Spray legal. on patina. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Did you hear that Cryline has the new color of patina? No. Get the patina. fuck out of here! Yeah. Really? Cryline patina. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Cryline patina. Uh, mm-hmm. Does it shoot multiple colors of brown at the same time into like little splurty patterns? It, it's just uh, it, like, and, and every once in a while the the, the can the other spits day. a little. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like that's waiting that's, for someone to comment. The tear of a fucking artist. Going into the paint as a tear of an actual real paint artist going into the paint. <laughs> Wait, yeah. can, I, can I tell you? I, what I, color I'm not is that? The, oh, that's the U8 Mexican yesterday color. <laughs> U8. I've not been the most intelligent person my whole life. And back when I was like 10 or 12, I bought this thing. It said, it said camouflage paint. Camouflage paint. And I bought one. I was like, oh, sweet. I thought I was just going to spray it. It was going to shoot. It was going to come out camouflage. <laughs> nice. <laughs> There were a series of novelty. There were a series of novelty paint cans <laughs> in. Available from different paint manufacturers right. back when I was a little kid and earlier, that were just cans of regular spray paint, but had a funny paper label on it yeah. that said like pinstriping in a can and yeah. like that kind of stuff and chrome, you know, and chrome in a can and stuff. But some of them have come true. Like POR fifteen is paints over rust. Yeah. Like like in the army, we used to call OD like olive drab paint. It was, OD was over dirt. Oh, wow. You just paint over dirt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Rust-Oleum was like P- over OD paint because it was just paint it right over the dirt. It didn't matter. But uh, yeah, it's weird. I did some. I did the bumper seals system. dirt in. Yeah, seals <laughs> converts rust into dirt. Converts uh, dirt <laughs> into <it>. gold. <laughs> I did a bunch of por. Uh, like the fact that they can get sixty bucks a can for a quart of por yeah. is hilarious to me and disturbing at the same time. But a guy did some paint work on my van with POR15, and then, like, the temperature changed 12 degrees, and the paint fell off. <laughs> so I was like, well, that, I'm never going there again. Yeah, yeah. Chuckle. Yeah, oh. all my paint fell off. <laughs> There's a van. There was a van sitting there. It was hollow. It looked like a cicada. <laughs> it was just empty. <laughs> it looked like a dog shook the mud off of it. it was no, it was literally just an empty van. It was an empty Econoline, and I drove the van down the street with no paint on it. The paint was just sitting there in Econoline-shaped paint. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this it was falling off, so I I sanded it down where I had to sand down and and hit it. But like I used uh, trisodium phosphate, clean the you know and prep correctly, and then I used some. Self-etching primer. Yeah. And I did it the old way. And it's not falling off. Right. 
but uh, I read the instructions, and POR15 comes two ways. It comes in the I'm like take my money way, which is you get a little kit and you get like 12 ounces of like prep one and 12 ounces of prep two right. and like 12 ounces of paint. Right. And it's just like 30 or 40 bucks. And then there's like the I work on cars. It's 36 ounces for 60 bucks. No prep shit whatsoever. Right. Like they assume you're going to prep shit yourself. Right. Like you're going to clean the paint. <laughs> you're going to clean metal before you try to paint over. And this dude grease. didn't. He just used that. I have no idea. Oh. Well, I know his results. Your results may vary. <laughs> Your results. Yeah. His results varied all right. They're still out in my parking lot. But the, uh, you'd be like, oh, look, it's the shape of a quarter panel. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I did it right. And, uh, but yeah, I'm pretty sure the POR15 is just liquid plastic. Yeah. I'm like, because when it came off in sheets, I was like, this is just packaging material. You're yeah. not allowed yeah. to be exposed to sunlight. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, it was pretty... there's a, They say that. You have oh, to really? Put, if you paint with pour 15, yeah. once you do pour 15, yeah. and it's going to be exposed to any sunlight, you have to put an overcoat over or it, it degrades. I did not know that. Yeah, you can't just use pour 15. There's, oh, really? There's a, a overpaint for that. So it's Scottish, is what you're saying. Yeah, it gets can't, yeah. can't be anywhere near sunlight <laughs> without something over it. Exactly. <laughs> BRR fifteen. Sorry it's a fine killing, Scottish. Sorry about killing your bottle of Patron. Hey, it made your throat feel better. Drink all the Patron you want. Uh, I don't drink the stuff, so the. Uh, but yeah, it's yeah the POR fifteen. So I went all over the Pajero and just wiped like slathered POR fifteen on the rims and everything, and went at it pretty hard and. It stayed on thus far. We'll see what Cleveland Winter and Salt does to that shit. So we'll see if it survives at all. Anybody else got anything fun? Yeah, no, there's nothing. Nothing. I don't think that's it. I think that's all we got. I think we're going to go gracefully into this good night and kill November. I mean, this is it. We're done with November, man. Yep. Tomorrow's the yeah. first, isn't it? Tomorrow, yeah. Tomorrow's December 1st. So that's it. Uh, I think tomorrow night is. Uh, Reverend Horton Heats, yeah, holiday hayride. So we're gonna be doing that. That's gonna happen, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll do that. Oh, man, so cool. I could snag those tickets you had, but uh, I'm I got Maya again tomorrow. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, oh, well. yeah. Packy came out. Our friend Packy Corrigan, that's his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, Packy Corrigan came out and got my two extra tickets for Reverend Horton Heat. And uh, two things: one, I did not know he was only four years older than me. Mm. My whole life, I thought he was like twenty years older than me. Wow. Packy's always been the same age. And we, if you remember, we know two of them. Well, three include my brother-in-law, but you're right. talking about the yeah. the shorter redheaded one. Yeah, he was in government. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Packy Corgan is like the. If you remember the I'm Mister Heat Miser, I'm Mister Sun. <laughs> remember that character? Yeah. I'm That's Packy Corgan. <laughs> that is actually Packy Corgan. If you uh, could make that character more Irish, uh, beyond the red hair and the posture and the stature. Uh, but yeah, Packy is, but he's always, man, every time he comes into the shop, it's just a ball of excitement and energy and he's fucking great. And so I can't get enough of that dude. And he came into the shop and grabbed my two extra tickets for Reverend Horton Heat. It's more like the Bumble. The Bumble? Oh, Bumble. Bumble what? The Bumble. Bumble wasn't Bumble the uh, abominable snowman? Yeah. yeah. That was cool, yeah. man. That's really great. 
Yeah, don't don't. What was the uh, Ice Planet Hoth was just overrun with bumbles. <laughs> <laughs> they were everywhere. Wampa. They smell worse on the inside. <laughs> As do I. <laughs> I'm mixing my metaphors. <laughs> metaphors be with you. All right. On that, remember to please ride fast and take chances.